Good morning, Calvary Bible Church. I must say it's a completely different view from up this way. (laughs) But maybe it's one I'm going to have to get used to. I want to take this opportunity to welcome everyone out to the meeting today. I am your moderator for the morning, and I promise that I'll only keep you until about two. You know, I'm, I'm new at this stuff, so, you know, by the time I make all my missteps, we should get out by about 2 o'clock. <clears throat> well, welcome all of you. It, there are a lot of familiar faces here, the majority of familiar faces, but there is a chance that in this audience there may be one or two persons who are attending this meeting for the very first time, attending Calvary Bible for the very first time, and I ask you to just indicate by raising your hands, please. I see one here in the middle, two in the middle, yes, good. Any others? How about in the balcony? No? Well, let's give them a round of applause, please. Eh? <clears throat> Very special welcome to Calvary Bible Church. I hope you've received a bulletin, and if you did, there's a perforated section that you can tear off and leave us with some information so that the ba- the Church could get back to you in a more formal way to thank you for coming here and for being part of the service with us today. But I also want to take this opportunity for a special welcome to Brother Douglas and Sister Brunhilde Darling. What is, what is very special about this, while we welcome you, what is very special about this is that Brother Douglas has been ill for about a year and has not been to church. And so it's wonderful to see him back in Calvary Bible today. Please give him a special welcome. I trust you will enjoy the service that you have been blessed so far by what has happened. And at this point, we ask Brother Clinton to come and pray the Lord's blessing on us. Good morning. Just before we open the service in prayer, I'd like to observe uh, just a moment of silence for the mothers who are not with us today, and then we'll ask the mothers to stand and we'll say a prayer for the mothers. Now can the mothers, all mothers present, can you kindly stand please? Our Father, we thank you for the gift of motherhood. We thank you for every mother who is in our house of worship this morning. We thank you for mothers all around the world. We acknowledge them as a gift from you. We ask your blessing over each mother here this morning. We ask, my Father, that you would Continue to strengthen them. Help them to continue to to be the godly women, the godly mothers that you have called them to be. Strengthen them. They have been given a tremendous responsibility. And Lord, we thank you for each one. We thank you for those among us this morning who This morning they are remembering 
their mother. Comfort them, Lord, as they can only remember now the wonderful times that they've had, they have shared with their mothers who have gone on to, to come home to be with you. We ask that you comfort those, Lord, who don't have the opportunity to pick up the phone and call their mom because she has gone on to glory. But we ask that you would help them to continue to remember them with fondness and with gratitude, remembering that they had wonderful times and wonderful opportunities. We ask that you would strengthen them as they remember them today. But as we gather in this service this morning with the mothers who are with us, Father, we ask your blessing over each one. Again, we ask that you would continue to minister to each one in a very special way. And now we dedicate this service to you. This service is geared towards motherhood. And we pray that everything we say and do today towards our mothers, may you alone be glorified and may their hearts be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning, church. Here's a poem called Your Way. In a world that seems so cold, you elected to be real bold. You took a different view of life on how to live this godly life. Some although may think you're wed, but we know you were spirit-led. And the things that seem to make it all work is your faith, hope, and love, which comes from God above. He kept you grounded in the truth, and your life bears much fruit. It's passed on to the children that you love so much. Their lives are greatly touched. A godly heritage is what you gave, and that's how your life was lived. People who know you can testify, and the truth they can't deny. Your life, we know, is an open book for all to come and have a look. The love for a husband, children, and your God can only be blessed by the Lord. But sometimes it gets real hard. And at times it looks real bad. But you know, yes, you know, God is able and he'll see you through. For that is what he promises to do. Thank you. Kevin has always been a poet, and we all know it. Huh? <laughs> you know, this is, this is a very, this can be a very emotional day for me, really. This is the first Mother's Day since my mother passed in November of last year. And you just can't help the feeling welling up inside of you. So please, pray for me as we proceed this morning. Well, I think statistics have proven to us that on Mother's Day, there are more telephone calls made than any other day in the year. And so at this time, we'd like to invite you to listen to a special telephone conversation between an adult child, adult daughter, and her mother. And then you can decide whether you can identify with the caller, the callee, or the call itself. Listen. Hello? Mom? Hi. Diane, how are you, baby? Everything okay? Mm, just got in from the grocery store. But mom, don't ever use the word baby again, please. Huh? But that's what I always call you, sweetheart. Yeah, but this is my seventh month, and it's starting to feel like my 17th month. Relax, babe. I mean, deep. I went through the same thing with your sister, your brother, after that, then you. You came early, real early. Never was a patient child. <laughs> I don't get the joke, Mom. If I knew pregnancy was this, oh, I would have gotten a puppy. Jeff's real excited, but mm, I get to carry all this, him or her. And how is Jeffrey? Good. Just called to say he's on the way home. Mom? Yes, but, I mean, yes, dear? Mm, if you knew childbirth would be like this, would you have had the three of us? In a heartbeat, Diane, Catherine, in a heartbeat. And was it worth the pain, Mom? 
Well, let's see this year's Mother's Day gift first, and then I'll tell you. (laughs) No, but seriously, every contraction was worth it. Do you know our relationship started many months before your birthday? Easy, mother. I'm only 29. Don't try to tell me I'm really 30. (laughs) Well, before I gave birth to you, our bonding started when you were in my womb giving me a kind of edge over your father. See? Check Psalm 139. You were formed in my womb, and I sang to you, read to you, fussed you when you kicked, worried when you didn't. Connect it. Like the time you sprained your ankle in the third grade and fell asleep with your hand in mine. And woke up when you tried to put Fluffy next to me and sneak away. Right. (laughs) As your mother, I have to always... Always stay on call. Mom. Oh, don't interrupt, dear. Mom. Did you say something about connections? Yes. And contractions? Uh Uh-oh, I'll be right over. You know what it said about telephone calls? So when they're a baby, they call me mama. When they become teenager, they call me mother. And when you go off to college, they call me collect. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so there you go. At this point, we're going to call Christopher Worrell to come and give us some motherly quotes. All right, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, we know people like to quote um, very, oh, sorry about that, we like to quote very important uh, people's works, and we like to uh, quote things about things that are important to you. And um, we just have some quotes about these very important peoples in our lives, their mothers. If love is as sweet as a flower, then my mother is that sweet flower of love. Mothers, to the world you may be just one person. But to one person, you may be the world. A mother always thinks twice, once for herself and another for her child. You can fool all the people some of the time, and some of the people all of the time, but you, can, you can't fool your mother any of the time. You see? And, and women's prayer, uh, for, for women who are, who are now mothers, they have a child. They, they, they want the best for their children, so they want their children to have all the things that they couldn't afford. And then when they grow up and they have all the things, they want to move in with their children. All right? There is only one pretty child in the world, and every mother seems to have it. You know? Now, in my mother's menu... There is only two options. You either take it or leave it. All right? Now, when your mother asks you, do you want a piece of advice? I know and they, this is actually just really an irrelevant question because when they ask you that, you're going to get it no matter what. Okay? Uh, so, you know, you just say, oh, yes, mom. Fine. Just tell me. All right? And it, it takes a woman 20 years to make a man out of her son. And it takes another woman 20 minutes to make a fool out of him. So, 
And sometimes the poorest mother leaves the greatest inheritance. And we know that's so true. Uh, there's more to life than just money. And men are what their mothers make them. And of all the rights of women, being a mother is the greatest. Thank you very much. Please welcome, at this point, Earl Farquharson. Good morning, Church. And again, I'd like to also wish a happy Mother's Day to all our lovely mothers who are with us this morning. Um, right at this time, I'm going to invite some of our, three of our special mothers up on stage. We're going to have a little conversation. And um, so that would be Ms. Marissa Wallace, Stephanie Knowles, and Ms. Barbara Sawyer. Please come to the stage. It's always good to hear real true life experiences that some mothers have. And I mean, it's not only, you know, for them, but also for the benefit for those who are considering motherhood and for those who are going through certain things. Sometimes it's good to hear what others have been through and how they've handled certain situations. So, so we're going to have a short conversation. And on the screen, you're going to start seeing some, a few pictures uh, related to each one of these women. Um, and I'll explain them as we get into it. Um, so, you can see that first picture up there that just went by. That's Marissa and Anton, I think everyone knows, and uh, Jude and Anna. A very lovely, very lovely uh, family indeed. So, uh, the first question will be for you, Marissa. And as part of the telephone conversation we just heard, uh, where the daughter was having a difficult time with her pregnancy. It seemed like she was really far on there. And, uh, you know, so she had to go through certain things. So for you, Marissa, when you were going through, and, and Marissa not only has young kids, but as you may be able to see, she also has one that's going to soon be here. So, um, uh, so in trying to think of, as that mother that was on the, soon-to-be mother that was on the phone, when you, as you get on, how did you find dealing with, uh, as the babies got near and, and the uncomfortable situations? And I mean, how did you, how did you make it through as, as it got closer? Boy, <laughs> I definitely needed Anton's support. Um, patience is something that is really tried in the last months, weeks of pregnancy because you just want the baby out. So you have to wait. Um, I had to read, I was reading a lot to know what to expect um, for labor, delivery, but I did have C-sections, so I had to also prepare for that. Um, and then also, like, I practiced um, relaxing exercises. I had a maternity DVD that I would just practice it. I did some stretching and stuff like that. And then um, also, I um, had a Lamaze DVD, so I practiced the breathing techniques and stuff to help you relax when you, when you go to bed at night, because you just get comfortable it's just uncomfortable trying to sleep in those last months. And I hope Anton really was as supportive as, as he was, should have been, you know. But I think he did a good job anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so next question um, for Barbara. And on the picture, uh, many may, may know that's Christy and Adam. Uh, that's uh, Christy's Barbara and Jerry's daughter. Uh, she lives in the United States, and they have two beautiful kids. And um, Barbara's going to tell, tell us the names. And so Barbara is here as, as a recent grandmother. She's, you know, as you can see, the kids are really young. And um, so I'm just going to ask her a few questions related to what it's like being a young 
relatively new uh, uh, grandmother. So the first question for Barbara, um, what are some of the hopes and dreams that you have for your, your grandkids? Um, the main thing that I hope and dream for them is that they will come to know the Lord. And it's hard, church, because I just lost my mother a few years ago, too. <sighs> like I said, I would like to see them come to know the Lord at a, at a very young age. And also that they might serve the Lord. And they might love God's word with all their heart. Thank you, thank you, Barbara. And um, the next next question is Stephanie. And um, the picture that you see that Stephanie's mother is Pearl Bodie, um, and she passed um, last year. And uh, so we're very glad that uh, Stephanie is able to come up here, and we wanted we wanted to talk a little bit about her mother and um, how, how she's been doing with that. So, uh, Stephanie, uh, what are some of the fondest memories you have of your mother? Okay. Errol, let me correct you. That's okay. I have two mothers. The picture that you see is my mom, my birth mother, and she's actually Pearl Bodhi's sister. And um, she died when I was 10 years old. And so I lived with my aunt Pearl. We called her mother. We, I lived with her until I was 18. So I have two mothers. And um, my first mom, my mom, um, they called her Lee. Her name is Levitas. Uh, she was really um, special to me because I was only child. And so um, for me, it was uh, a a big loss because as growing up as a teenager, I didn't have my mom. Um, and actually, I kind of resented that fact for quite a while um, because my mom was uh, a bit younger than my aunt. So they had different ways of doing things, of raising. Um, but as I got older and started having children, I began to appreciate my aunt even more. And um, she died just uh, over a year. And, um, you know, uh, when I was 18, 17, 16, I couldn't see that I would really appreciate her. Not to the point that I appreciated my mom. But as I got older and um, started to see her age, I started to appreciate um, what she did for me in taking me in um, and taking care of me when she really was finished with her children because um, I'm actually the age of her grandchildren. And so it was um, a blessing to have her and I miss her and I, um, but I have such fond memories of them both that, um, and 
to see mother live to be as old as she was, um, and to see all her children grow up and then see grandchildren and great grandchildren, uh, she was truly blessed. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, before we give it up uh, to Mike, I just want to ask another question. So, um, what are some of the lessons that you learned from your mother early on? Your second mother, number one and number two. And that some of the things that you learned that you would have liked to pass on to your own kids, some of the lessons that you felt that really impacted your life. And Okay. Um, my mom, uh, she died um, when she, uh, I was 10. And like Sister Barbara, that was her desire for me. I could remember her saying to my aunt and to my cousins, make sure Stephanie stays in church. And that was a desire for me to be involved in church, to stay in church, because church was a really important part of our family life. Um, and my aunt kept true to that. She was also in, very involved in Calvary Bible Church. That's how I ended up at Calvary Bible Church. And um, she encouraged us to be involved in church. She didn't force us so much once we got older. But um, because I knew that they both wanted that. I think that kind of made me be involved in church. Um, they were both very strict women. They were raised by a very strict woman, my grandmother. And um, so uh, they didn't believe in slackness at all. They believe in working hard and um, doing your best. And so I grew up doing that, doing that, and, and I want to pass that on to my children I could pass it on to Marissa. Next question for you, Marissa. Uh, while, while you were bonding, and again, referring back to the telephone conversation, she talked about the mother mentioned how she had early bonding sessions with her child even before they were born. Did you do stuff like that as well? Did you talk to your babies while still in utero and played music and that kinds of stuff? And um, well, with Anna and you, I guess with this one too, you know, we're a musical family, so music is, tends to be playing in the house a lot, so they would hear that. But I didn't specifically play music for the baby. Um, but I did talk to the baby. We talked to the baby, actually. So much so um, with Anna in particular. When Anna was born, I had a C-section, so I was in recovery. And they took her to be cleaned up. And she was screaming her head off, I was told. And Anton walked into the room and he said, Anna! And she went quiet right away because she recognized his voice. Yeah, really important, that bonding, so it, it really does help, huh? All right, so one more thing before you give that one up. So what are some of the personality traits between Anna and Jude, you know, I mean, what are they like? As I can see that in the picture there, I see Anna's got a really big smile, and Jude is there looking really serious. <laughs> both sociable. They're both happy-go-lucky children. Um, hmm, boy and a girl. Different, very different. Anna is... Anna's live. They're both lively. Jude is a bit more strong-willed. Anna is compliant. She will do what you ask her to do. But Jude, you got to go after him. He's more daring. Um, he's daring. <laughs> Anna's a little bit more on the reserve side. And so what are some of the hopes and dreams that you have for your kids? Same thing. I would love for them to come to the Lord at an early age. I want their faith to be their own and not mine. Um, so their convictions won't stand on what I say, but what the Word of God says. That's the most important thing, you know. All right. Thank you, Mercer. So, and Barbara, for you again. Um, so has grandmother 
grand, being a grandmother, has it turned out to be what you expected it to be before the kids came? Um, some yes and some no. <laughs> I expected my grandchildren to be close to me, not far away. Uh, so in that regard, um, it's not what I expected because I'm, they're not there that I can put my arms around them and love them. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough. You know, we always want, want our kids and grandkids to be near. Um, one thing for you. So um, with Christy, I mean, what do you think some of the challenges that she may face raising her kids today as compared to maybe what you had when you were bringing up uh, her and Nathan? Any differences? Um, as far as children being children, they are the same no matter what generation you bring them up in. Um, she has had a challenge with the oldest son, Ryan, who is a very sensitive child, and so that was very difficult for her in the beginning, and also who has a speech problem. So in um, trying to find out why he was always so sensitive and cried all the time, and then as he learned to talk, um, when he couldn't relate to them and they couldn't understand, that made the sensitivity a lot greater. So that was a real, real big challenge for her, but, um, I think. All right, ladies, thank you very much. I really appreciate your sharing us with us this morning, and hopefully some of the information you got, you got would help someone out there. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Earl. Please give Earl a warm round of applause. For <clears throat> I, I have been given four envelopes. Each one said, you won, you won, you won. Because there are going to be four people in this congregation today who will take away one of these envelopes. But you've got to do a little work to get it done. And as I move to that, I just want to remind you that a segment coming up very shortly is going to be, is going to call for your participation. Uh, we're going to be asking persons to use the microphone that would be circulated around the room to give your own feelings of your relationship or your favorite memory of your mother. So please, organize your thoughts so that you'd be able, and we could make this a vibrant, lively, but speedy session. And now, I'm going to read some characteristics of four mothers in the congregation. And if you guess the answer correctly, and I have, I have some spotters here who would help me to determine which hand goes up first, you can receive one of these. The first, she can jump over a wall and loves boating. She cooks grouper like you wouldn't believe. She has a very selfless, she's a very selfless person and encourager, not too tall in stature, but mighty in accomplishing tasks. And this mother can also sing. To top it all off, she has raised the son in such a manner that today he's a pastor. Can you tell me who this person is? And Errol, Errol, is, Errol is recognizing hands, I guess, as they went up. 
whoever he thought would have been first. Eleanor Lowe? No. Um, no. Paul. Paul. Very good try, Jennifer. Lapinda? Pamela Pinda is correct, yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, there are no second there are no second prizes. <laughs> sorry. And we move to the second. She speaks in a beautiful accent. When you see her in church, she's always impeccably adorned, and that includes a low haircut or hairstyle. She has children in Awana and is considered to be very helpful, sometimes assisting with the care kitchen ministry. Paul is on a roll today. I think I may have the wrong one this time, but is it Ampersam Seminar? <laughs> you... <clears throat> You're not wrong. Your answer is just not correct. <laughs> Sam? Sam? No. <laughs> nope, I'm sorry. Foster? No. <clears throat> it's not. It's the Betty? Sorry. It's the Betty? Sorry. Yeah. Marcia? I will add that this person and her family recently moved to a new house in the western area of Nassau. Marcia? Marcia Higgs? Was it? Yeah, that's correct. Marcia Higgs, yes. Who's the winner? Who's the winner? There we go. Come on, make it easy on Errol. Would you meet him downstairs, please? Yes, the answer is Marcia Higgs. I know there are going to be a lot of hands going up for this one, so I need my spotters to be right on the money. This mother, this mother looks a lot younger than she actually is. <laughs> David, right now a lot of people qualify. You're right. <laughs> but let me, let me read the rest of it anyway. This mother looks a lot younger than she actually is, and that is public knowledge in Calvary Bible Church. She's a founding member of the church. She's excellent at convincing others to do things often when they want to shy away. Her painting skills may one day rival those of Michelangelo. 
And this lovely lady always sits on the right-hand side of the church. Can you guess who she is? Oh, there's no guessing here, right? <laughs> yeah, we all know that it is Sister Violet Weave. And finally, a vibrant mother, this vibrant mother is a teacher by profession and educates the nation's youth at a school somewhere off Village Road. She's a powerful prayer warrior whose sons was married recently. Krista. Yes. <laughs> this went on to say that she studies courses at Telios and her husband teaches Sunday school classes at the church. So, at least you know your people well. Well, okay. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that. And now we call on Brother Craig. Good morning. And happy Mother's Day. Nice to see you this morning. Let's give thanks for the offering. Father, we come into your presence again this morning, thanking you for the privilege and honor of participating in this act of worship. We pray, Father God, that we would have this opportunity to give out of the abundance that you've provided to us, a portion. We pray, Father God, it will be used for the furtherance of your kingdom, for the spread of your gospel, and ultimately we bring honor and glory to your name. And so again this morning, we thank you for the privilege of giving, and that those who will be receiving it will be using it to bring glory to your name. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we receive the offering, please turn to number 41 in your hymn book as we sing this hymn of thanksgiving for our mothers, especially this morning. Let's stand together as we sing number 41 and as we give back to the Lord. Now thank we.
seated. I think we all know that a session like this will not be complete unless we have the involvement of Basil Miller, who always has something creative and innovative to do. So he's going to come now with a, with a few kids selected, and he's going to be an interviewer. Come on up, Baz. <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day. The second is, where are my children? Those of you who were selected to be interviewed by me, please make your way to the podium. I don't remember your names, so when you show up, I'll know who you are. Uh, they tell me not Jacob, but Isaac. Come for Isaac. <laughs> Isaac being slow, he might come fifth. Scary. <laughs> Grammy to beat you. Yeah, because I got some tough questions for him about his mother, and I know he don't want to tell nobody. But well, we can go with the four cents, you scared. <laughs> now y'all can have a seat. So who runs in? Huh? <laughs> I asked them who runs things. So one of these right here, okay. Hello. You know, I mean, can't see that. Getting old, I hardly could see it, you know. I can't see that. <laughs> now, the question is, who run tanks? I run tanks? Start not right. <laughs> question number one. Who want question number one? You. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this in the order I was giving them. I'm going to do them how they want to do them. If you had a million dollars, one million dollars, what would you get for your mother? Stop, stop. You can start. A million houses. A million houses. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Million house. Now, church, do the maths on that. A million house. A dollar house. Wow. What kind of house that is? Wow. Young man in the jacket. This fucky boy. You nervous? 
Good. Um, what is the funniest thing your mother ever said to you or you ever heard her say? Um, my nickname, which is Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. So I can call you by your daddy name. This Craig's daughter. Magic's daughter. Would you stand, please? What do you do to drive your mother crazy? I would either lie, don't pick up my clothes, or not clean my room. I think all mothers can identify with that. Sometimes when you go in these kids' rooms, it looks like someone threw a grenade in it, you know? Things are everywhere. That's good. Young lady here with the blue eyes. You look innocent. You don't do nothing wrong, hey? Ah. <laughs> What is the most favorite thing about your mom? What's the most favorite thing about your mother? To you. There's so many, right? So many. Pick one. Wow. You funny? Wow. Make you laugh a lot? Put the microphone in your mouth so you can. Yeah. Bless your mother hear you. What, you know, what, what's your favorite thing about it to you? You can say, Mom, you're funny. Mom, you're funny? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want this question now? Oh, you got courage. Come on. Oh, you want me to come there to you? Okay. He's going to hide behind the drum. But this J.R. grandson. So he can't hide from that. You and J.R. grandson? Who grandson you is? You don't know. You don't know whose granddaddy is. Okay. What is the waste meal your mother makes? She can't see you. You ain't gonna say. He said he ain't wanna starve to death, so he ain't gonna talk. <laughs> you got the answer? Sister got the answer. <laughs> nothing? Oh, according to him, mommy makes nothing. Nothing bad. Yeah. Wow. That's a good answer. You can get some good meal today. Boy, smart. Back to you. Little Miss Wells. Finish the sentence. My mom is pretty good, as pretty as a.
Mercury Alpha uh, a flower. All right. Oh yeah. And Angie was pretty from long time. Those of you who know Angie. You wouldn't sell it with your daddy though. <laughs> okay. Okay. What is the smartest thing your mother ever said to you? The smartest thing she ever said to you? Um, you can do whatever you want, just follow your dreams. Yeah. And parents, you know, when you fill your kids up with foundation like that, don't be surprised when they become something big. All you do is cry. Because it started with you by telling them what they can do, not what they can't do. And you all know, these kids are going to be brighter than us. They're going to be smarter, better looking, healthier, stronger than us. So don't get jealous, just get proud. Back to you. Where your daddy is. Oh. Yeah, that's him right there. You know your daddy is one of the best basketball players in this country. That's what he used to call him magic. He broke your ankle when he dribbled past you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Played for the Kentucky Colonels and won plenty championship. You know? Now you need to stand and talk about your mommy. I hope this was Father's Day so you could talk about your daddy, but this is Mother's Day. We can let the boys do that. Okay, the question here, what does your mother do all day? Do you know? You know? My mother watches TV or watches movies all day. <laughs> Stacy, where are you? <laughs> wow. Your mommy don't wake eh? <laughs> Did you watch TV all day? Okay. Back to pretty blue eyes here. Uh, what drives your mother crazy? Me not picking up my room. This girl got some short but correct answers. I think most parents can identify with some of these cases do, you know. Aubrey, grandson, back to you. I can get you in trouble today. You're in the corner answering all the questions, you know, by yourself. But now when it's time for you to get center stage, you get scared. Let me see if I get a good one for you. If your mom was a fruit, what kind of fruit will she be? Think of all of these fruits, which one your mother would be? 
Watermelon. Oh boy. <laughs> what fruit did he say? Watermelon. That's a big fruit. <laughs> they want to know why. You never taste no watery watermelon. See, I know but fruits because I, you know, that's my specialty. Some watermelon, if it's not grown right, it just ain't sweet. But your mother's a sweet watermelon, right? You better say yeah. Maybe we should interview her, because look at she. Yeah. Okay, you know, she, she, she got guts and, and courage. You hiding behind the drums. Yes. See, he's talking to the drummer. What did he say? Oh, he said, I'm a rotten watermelon. <laughs> I don't blame you. You know, say good things about home because you got to go home. You know? You ain't got to go home with me. Mm. I think I got one more question for each of you and then I'll call it a day. Uh, I'm going to go random here. What is your mom's favorite meal? Now, you should know what she likes to eat. You know, what's her favorite meal? Yeah, yeah, while she's watching TV all day. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's vanilla wafers. Vanilla wafers? Wow. I don't consider that a meal. Say, see, that's what you eat all day, vanilla wafers while watching TV? Wow. Well, that's her meal. You're very, you know, you observe a good. What's your mother's most embarrassing moment? If you know. If you don't know, don't say. Well, he don't know. That's a good one. Same question to you. Embarrassing moment. She don't know either. And you? <laughs> they don't know. But you know, children can reveal a whole lot about us. Oftentimes when people like to get up and give testimonies, if the children just would say, ahem, they'd sit down. Because they know some things that no one else knows. And these kids love their parents. I mean, you can tell by, you know. And they got good parents because I kind of know them too. You know, Stacy. Good woman. Melissa. 
Another good woman. Angie, I know, I've known Angie for years. Quiet, very artistic, musical. Been in this church for years, serving. Good woman. I haven't met your mother yet, but I know she's a good woman. Your mother, Faki's wife, another great woman. And these are good kids. But I want you all to notice, we have so many children who don't go to church and whose parents don't go to church. And we all know where, where they end up. Our children are our future, so we got to model a good life before them. Thank you. Basil, we can bring these same children and ask them questions about you on Father's Day. <clears throat> okay, now we come to that part of the program where we ask for your audience, for you as an audience to participate. The question is going to be, my favorite, your comments are going to be my favorite memory with mom. And we ask you to make it short, concise, but power pack. We have, we have some microphones. We'll be circulating around the room. And so we're asking for volunteers, really. These could be young folks. It could be older folks. The young and the young at heart, really, is what we're looking for. So please. All right, here we go. Give us your, give us your name and tell us who your mother is, and then your comments. My name is Sarah, and my mommy's name is Melissa Roberts, and I like to watch movies with her. Her favorite memory is to watch movies with her mom. It's great movies, right? All about Jesus on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jonathan Knowles, and my mommy is Anita Knowles, and I, my favorite memory is going on field trips with her. Okay, going on field trips. Great, great show. Sure, go right ahead. My name is Joshua, and my mom is Tracy Kelly, and my favorite memory is going and playing soccer with her. Tell me something, Joshua. What do you think would be your mommy's favorite memory about you? No, no, no. I want to get your opinion. I want to get your opinion, hey, your Joshua. Opinion? I don't know. What have you done that she's really, really feel good about where you're concerned? Uh-oh. Accepting God. Okay. The Bible said they'd be wiser, right? Yeah. All right, here we go. My name is Jennifer, and my mother is Miss Below. And um, my fa I have two favorite memories. First one is the, uh, I loved to read as a child. And every day when I would come home from school, I would crawl up in the bed and read to my mother. She didn't read to me, I read to her. And uh, the second one was, um, is that um, I was a, 
I was always a good girl. I didn't get in trouble, so she didn't have to get the belt to me. But my brother wasn't so. And um, whenever she would um, go and find the belt for him, she would say, boy, I'm going to get that belt. And we knew it would always end up in a laugh because she would chase him around the table and we would all end up in the floor laughing. I bet you helped to look for that belt. Huh? Sure. Anyone? Yes, sir. My best memory with my mom is when we watch, we're watching the sunset. And my other best memory is when we read together. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. My name is Idina Burrows. My mother is deceased. I want to wish all you who have a mother a blessed day. But my memories of my mother is I was teaching Sunday school one Sunday morning and my mind ran across her. So I didn't stay for 11 o'clock service. I went to her house. I met her sitting down. I spoke with her. She said she wanted to go in the hospital, but she didn't want to go to Princess Margaret. So jokingly, I said, I'm going to take you to geriatrics. But shortly after that, I noticed that something was wrong. So I took her to her bedroom. And when she got there, she said, I want to thank you for all you did for me. I love you. I am leaving you now. But I want you to remember the 23rd Psalms. And she read, she recited the whole of the Psalms. She said, bye, I'll see you, it's in God's hand. Take care, I love you. And she was gone. Oh boy. That's an emotional moment. <clears throat> I'm gonna put somebody on the spot. Oh, after, yes, certainly. Hi, good morning church. My name is Shagrago, my mother is Charlene Stewart. Um, my favorite memory of my mom, I'm always back and forth between school or traveling. And she's always there to pick me up from the airport, no matter what time I'm coming in, she's the one that picks me up. And I think it stems from, I must have been about seven or eight, and I had caught a flight in back by myself. And when my mom had called to find that if my flight came in on time, they had told her, no, it didn't. So I'm sitting at the airport, one hour passes, two hour passes, it's gotten late, but I was able to catch a taxi with a family member back to the house. And my mom, when she saw me, she was like, what are you doing here? I was calling and she was absolutely livid. And she was so upset, but it's like every time since then, she's always the one to pick me up from the airport. <laughs> she makes sure she comes for me. So that's one of my favorite memories of my mom. I'm gonna put my daughter on the spot. She never likes, she never likes it, but uh, there you go, that's right. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Um, get you for this. <laughs> I have so many favorite memories of Buy my you mom. Lunch. She's right here, Shirley Foster. But I think the most fun is two o'clock in the morning in Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it'd have something to do with traveling, but I didn't think it was Walmart two in the morning. There we go. We'll take, yes, we'll take one more. And My name is Stefan Martinil, and my mommy name is Vicky Martinil. 
My my best best moment is going on summer trips. Okay, it's you. My name is Sonia. My mother's name is Hilarina Thompson. And I guess uh, my favorite memory now, although there are many, would be last year during my surgery and <clears throat> treatment. She was there with me every day, and she's been with me every day since then. But she's always there for me. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your willing participation. I, I guess we all have these wonderful memories about loving parents, particularly moms, and makes a difference. And I'll share just very briefly with you, my, I, my memory, or the one that stays with me now, is uh, I went to look for me, you know, I'm from Trinidad, and I went to visit my mother. Shirley and I uh, went to visit my mother. Spent two long weeks with her, and we sat down, and we talked about everything under the sun. And then Shirley had to leave before I did, and Shirley said, I'm going now. Can I take Clem with me? And she said, why don't you leave him with me just a couple days longer? But it was planned that way anyhow, so I, I remained there a couple of days. And we sat and we talked, and she told me about everything. We spoke about her love for God. We spoke about ch the children, because there were, she has ten of us, so pretty large family. And we talked about everything you could think about. She told me about some things she wanted me to do, and she kept saying, whenever the Lord calls me home, I want to make sure you do this one, and you make sure that this happens, and you make sure that that happens. And I left there on a Monday morning, came back to Nassau, and on Friday of the very same week, they called me and told me that she just passed away. No pain. She was 94. She was 94, suffered from arthritis, so her mobility strength was not where they ought to have been, um, you know, normally, but she was well otherwise, memory as clear as day. And we sat down, I tell you, we talked about just so many things, and then she just sat right next to her bed, where she's, she's, that's where she sits. She couldn't kneel, because she's, she, sat, she sits right by her bed and prays every morning. And just where she sat praying, they found her right there, Sitting in that chair, she just expired. The Lord called her home. And that is a picture that will stay in my mind for the rest of my life. So that has become now a favorite memory of, of my experiences with my mother. So I guess we all have them. And I know that each one of you, we could do this from now until next week, Sunday, and there will be stories one after the next. But thank you very much for sharing. Please give yourselves a round of applause. Eh? And my wife thinks I'm preaching this morning, <laughs> but she knows that that's, that's left to Brad Smith. So please, as he comes to share the word with us right now. Thank you, Brother Clem. In this modern day of uh, technology, I am just mesmerized at what can happen with technology this very moment as we are sitting here honoring our mothers. My mother is sitting with her second favorite son. I'm her first, by the way. And she is sitting with her second favorite son, and they are looking in his living room at the TV. So I would like to wish her a happy Mother's Day. And uh, she's the best mom, and I know I'm the best son in the world. So uh, 
Mother, happy Mother's Day. God bless you. And to all of our mothers and to my dear wife, the mother of six, we honor you and we say happy Mother's Day. You are blessed beyond God. Father, again, we thank you for this time we have to open your word and we ask you to bless it and pierce our hearts in the next few moments. In your name we pray. Amen. They didn't even give me a sermon this morning. I read your schedule. It said a charge. So you know what that means. Keep it short and sweet. But our text is taken from the 16th chapter of the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans. You can turn if you like, or you can just make a note in your middle mind. It's only one portion of of Scripture, verse number 13. When we think of great men, we often think of their ancestors. Luke says about John the Baptist, he says his mother, his parents, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, that they were righteous before God. When we think about Paul's uh, ancestors, we are really at dumbfounded. We don't know much about Paul's ancestors. We read in Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, I'm an Israelite. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. By law, I'm a Pharisee. I'm a persecutor of the church. We don't really know much about Paul and about his ancestors. Luke mentions about a nephew who was uh, uh, spoke to the captain and told him, uh, the captain of, of Jerusalem, and uh, told him about the attempt to assassinate Paul. So we know of a, a nephew that Paul has. Paul mentions in his letter to the church at Romans of, of six other relatives. But if you've ever noticed about Paul, there's no real mention of his mother, if any mention of his mother. So most of that is left to our imagination. So our mind could wonder, what was Paul like as a child? Grew, grew up in Tarsus. Did he play on the playground? Did his mother watch him? Did she have to help him when he skinned his knee or something? Was his mother there when he set sail to leave the port of Tarsus and, and to go on and to study? Was she there when, did she know about his persecuting of Christians? Or was she filled with joy when Paul was saved on that Damascus Road experience? Even better, did she know that Paul was responsible for almost two-thirds of our New Testament that we read nowadays? All of these things are left to our imagination to wonder about the ancestorship of Paul and his parents. But it says in your scripture this morning in Romans chapter 16, Paul is giving greetings to 26 individuals, and he says, greet them. Individuals that had crossed his path probably through Rome or through his imprisonment. But he comes to verse number 13, and he says, greet Rufus, my beloved friend, and greet his mother and mine as well. Now, we don't know if that mother is Rufus's mother and Paul's mother, if he's speaking about. Most theologians would take it to believe that they're speaking about Rufus's mother, but also Rufus's mother had been a mother to Paul as well. If that was the case, where had that happened? Maybe in Asia, maybe in Europe, maybe she was there as, as, as uh, Paul was shipwrecked one time. Maybe she was there to help him as he was stoned during one of his persecutions. Maybe she was there as Paul was preaching, as Paul was imprisoned. Maybe she was able to give him a meal. All of these things are left 
to our imagination to wonder about the ancestorship of Paul. But to so many, we have a mother like that. We have that mother that my mother is, as I said, is in Thomasville this morning. She attended her early service at the First Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. And now she is at home, but she's not there with me. And for the last almost 14 years, I just had mama to come here for two or three weeks. And we would go up there for a few weeks. But, you know, so many here have been like a mother figure to me. My dear wife's mother was a mother to me. She made sure that I was taken care of, that she treated me like her own child. Even when she wasn't able to move, even though her limbs were restricted, she made sure that we had the things and that we were cared for just as she would have cared for us if she was there. She was like, we all have that individual who is a mother to us. And Paul had this individual in his life. And it must have been Rufus's mother. When we look at Mother's Day, back in 1908, a lady named Anna Jarvis recognized her mother at her mother's memorial, and she gave her a carnation to all of the mothers that were there at that memorial service for her mother. So in 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed an act of Congress recognizing the second, Monday, uh, the second Sunday in May to be honored when we would honor each and every mother, every sacred mother. But through the years, it's, some people would say that, that Mother's Day is filled with a lot of sentiment. And indeed it is, but it is good sentiment. It is a kind of sentiment that can wipe some of the dust and stain of the world from our eyes and from our souls. Unfortunately, not all mothers, as society would take it, are worthy to be called mothers. As I said, my wife is the mother of six. Three she has given birth to. The final three we have uh, uh, acquired. I don't know of a good, better word. But through adoption. And a lot of society would say to those mothers, they made a big mistake. They made a big mistake. What kind of mother? They shouldn't even be called a mother. They gave up a child. How can they be called a mother? Well, they might have made a big decision when they got pregnant or the conception came forth. But in the eyes of my wife and all, it was no mistake. It was a blessing to her. It's a blessing to me. You see, the mistake would have been many of them had the opportunity to do abortion, to do away with it, to hide their mistake, to hide that bad decision. But to us, it was a blessing. They made a right mistake. So many of all of us have made mistakes. Some of us, we are public. We know the mistakes we made, but some of us, our mistakes have been hidden. But we've all have made mistakes within our lives. But if you're a mother here today, don't let the world and don't let society put you down. If you gave birth to a child that was made, as the scripture said, made in the image of God, you are honored today. We salute you as mothers today. You are worthy to be sold. Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. Because that child may be the next prophet of God. That child may be the next prayer warrior within the church that sits there and prays and has God's blessing upon each and every one of us. You're all mothers in the eyes of God, and we honor you today. What is a mother? A godly mother is three things very quickly. A mother is a symbol 
of the incarnation of sacrificial love and care. You heard these three mothers here today. They, they said that. Sister Sawyer said it as well. That love, that passion she had for her sons or for her kids to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior at an early age. That's love that a mother and only a mother can have. There's no greater example of love within the scripture that we see in the Old Testament. When Rizpah, as her two children, were two boys were hanging there before the Lord. David hung them up there, hung them up in the, in the land of Gibeon. Because King Saul, her husband, one of her husbands, defied the covenant that was set before Jacob. And so there with five others, Rizpah's sons were hung. And for five months she went and she pitched a tent before them. And then in that daytime, she would keep the circling birds away and the vultures so that they would not eat upon the flesh of her two boys hanging there in Gibeon. At nighttime, she would burn the torch so that her sons would be protected from the wolves. That is the love and the, only the love that a mother can give, that sacrificial love. A mother is also the symbol of purity and of honor. What happens, men, when we get in trouble? What's the first thing we say when we get in trouble? We say, don't tell mama. We don't ever say, don't tell daddy. You know, daddy just take the belt out and half kill you, okay? Tell daddy. But don't tell mama. Because a mother sits there with disappointment in her eyes. And with tears flowing down her cheeks. You're not half dead. You just wish you were all the way dead when you dishonor mama. Because a mother is a symbol of purity and of love. And of unconditional love. Finally, a mother is a symbol of faith in God. Timothy, Paul reminded Timothy, he said, Timothy, you remember your grandmother Lois? She passed the faith on to your mother, Eunice. And now your mother, Eunice, has passed the faith on to you, Timothy. Don't forget the faith that is passed down from generation to generation. A woman in great agony and distress who has suffered as cruel a blow as any woman can said in her sorrow and recital, oh, if it had not been for my mother's Bible, she did not finish the sentence and there was no need for her to do so in the storm and in the darkness that had come down over her life. Her mother's Bible reminded her of her faith in God. Now, that is a recollection of an anchor for her soul. Mothers, I challenge you today, and I ask you this question. By what would you like your son or daughter to remember you by? Is it your faith in God? But I further ask you, who are sons and daughters, I would ask you this question. How near or how far are you from where your mother desires from you to be? Where are you from where your mother desires for you to be? I know I hate to tell you all this because I know it disappoints you. Everybody probably thought I was just just simple, polite, humble, obedient child growing up. But I hate to disappoint you. 
I was a red-headed, freckled-faced demon of the South, okay? Whenever I go up to my child's school and I see those little red-headed, freckled-faced, I say, my kids, stay away from that. That's a bad boy, okay? Madison, don't go near that boy. That's bad news. We've been condemned. Those red-headed, freckle-faced kids, they're bad news. And I was one of them. If many of those back then probably said that, boy, Brad Smith, boy, he's never going to amount to anything. As I would go through class, that was the warning to the next class. Don't be like Wayne, don't, don't, hope you don't get Wayne Smith's child. They never said don't get Shirley Smith's child. They said don't get Wayne Smith's child. But that's what they would say. I hope you don't get Wayne Smith's kid. That boy's bad news. He's nothing but a troublemaker. And to now know that he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't applaud myself. I give God all the glory. All the praise. It's not by my might, but by the Spirit of God this morning. But where it happened was not from people who condemned me and says, that boy is going to be nothing. It happened because a mother prayed and said, my boy can make something of himself. I take my faith and I give it to my son. And now, let's see what he can do. As I would do badness and I would come into the house late at night and not knowing that thinking mama's asleep, you would feel the presence of prayer. Saying, be with my child. Be with him. Protect him. Keep your hands upon him. God, you got a plan for him. Young man, young lady, don't let society condemn you today. Don't let society make you out to be a number. You are somebody in the eyes of God. And there is a mother here, whether it's not your biological mother, or whether it was a mother like Paul said, as Rufus was his mother, there is a mother who is praying for you, and God can bring you out just as he brought Paul out of persecuting Christians, and he can make you a symbol for Jesus Christ because of a mother who is praying and passing the faith on to each and every one of you today. So I salute each and every one and say, Happy Mother's Day. There's a conversation that goes like this. By the time the Lord made mothers, He was in the sixth day working overtime. An angel appeared and said, Why are you spending so much time on this one? And the Lord answered and said, Have you read the spec sheet on her? She has to be completely washable but not plastic. She has to have 200 moving parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lap that can hold three children at one time and that disappears when she stands up. Have a kiss that can cure anything from a scraped knee to a broken heart and have six pairs of hands. The angel was astonished at the requirements for this one. Six pairs of hands? No way, said the angel. The Lord replied, oh, it's not the hands that are the problem. It's the three pairs of eyes that mother must have. And that's the standard model the angel asks. The Lord nodded in agreement. Yep, one pair of eyes are to see through the closed door as she asks the children what they are doing even though she already knows. Another pair in the back of her head to see what she, stand, what she needs to know even though no one thinks she can. And the third pair is here in the front of her head. They are for looking at an errant child and saying that she understands and loves him or her without even saying a single word. The angel tried to stop the Lord. This is too much work for one day. Wait until tomorrow to finish. But I can't, the Lord protested. 
I am so close to finishing this creation that it is so close to my own heart. She already heals herself when she is sick and can feed a family of six on a pound of hamburger and get a nine-year-old to stand in a shower. The angel moved closer and touched the woman, but you made her so soft, Lord. She is soft, the Lord agreed, but I also have made her tough. You have no idea what she can endure or accomplish. Will she be able to think, asked the angel. The Lord replied, not only will she be able to think, she'll be able to reason and negotiate. The angel then noticed something and reached out and touched the woman's cheek. Oops, looks like you have a leak with this model. I told you that you were trying to put too much into this one. That's not a leak, the Lord replied. That's a tear. What's the tear for? Asked the angel. The Lord said the tear is her way of expressing her joy, her sorrow, her disappointment, her pain, her loneliness, her grief, and her pride. The angel was impressed. You're a genius, Lord. You thought of everything for this one. You even created the tear. The Lord looked at the angel and smiled and said, I'm afraid you're wrong again. My friend, I created the woman, but she created the tear. Happy Mother's Day. May God richly bless you. Yeah.
And now we have some presentations for the mothers in the room. Can we ask once again, all mothers to stand, please? And we have some kids who know they've been assigned the responsibility of doing something special here for us. Would you please come up at this time? All of the children who were in the choir room who were asked to make some special deliveries. It's a very small token of the appreciation of the leadership of Calvary Bible Church. Very small token. To keep in line with, with what the, one of the questions Basil asked, maybe next year we'll try to find that million dollars. Not that it'll make you happy. Come on, we can't keep mama standing too long. Let's move, kids. Get a handful and let's go. In his charge, Brad told you about the Lord creating a mother. Well, I heard something similar to it, which I'll share with you at this point. They were looking at the specifications of having made of a, of a woman. And they were questioning the Lord about these specifications. <clears throat> and he said, uh, Lord, why did you make her so beautiful? And the Lord says, that's so that you could love her. He was speaking to, to man. He said, so that you could love her. Say, and you gave her such soft and gentle ways. Say, so that is, so you can love her. And he said, um, you made her such a fine looking person. The Lord said, my son, that is because to make you to love her. Say, but Lord, I look at your specifications and somewhere along the line here, you say you make her not too smart. Why would that be? Say that so that she could love you. (laughs) 
I don't know why we do it ourselves, but we do. And I don't, I don't, I don't ascribe to this not being smart thing. I think the Lord changed his mind along the way. Along the way. Okay, all mothers been taken care of. Well, relax now. But a Craig walking to come and give us the benediction so that we could get out of here. We're doing much better than two o'clock. Uh, good morning. Quick announcement. There's no service tonight, so, so please don't come. Nobody will be here. Uh, what a wonderful service. Uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this time and this, this opportunity again to honor our mothers. Lord, help us not to take them for granted. Help us to honor and respect them every day of the year, not just Mother's Day. Give them your grace, Father, to, to carry out their massive responsibilities. Bless them. Keep them. Encourage them, Father. As we dismiss, Father, we just ask your presence go with us, keep us, until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Good.